स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट गुड मॉर्निंग आई एम शालिनी उमा चंद्रन एंड दिस इज मिंट लाइट मॉर्निंग शॉर्ट अ क्विक अपडेट ऑन द न्यूज यू नीड टू नो बिफोर यू स्टार्ट योर डे सो ग्रैब अ कप ऑफ कॉफी एंड लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड The Rajya Sabha has passed three or four new labor laws aimed at making it easier for companies to do business even as the opposition continued its boycott of parliament. The Occupational Safety, Health and Working Conditions Code, the Industrial Relations Code and the Code on Social Security now await the president's assent. The government says the new laws consolidate multiple central and state labor laws while the opposition calls them anti-worker. The COVID-19 pandemic has wiped out 3.5 trillion dollars in earnings for people around the world. The International Labour Organization has said that income from work declined by an estimated 10.7% in the first three quarters of 2020 compared to the same period last year. This is equal to 5.5% of the world GDP for the first three quarters of 2019. The biggest drop in income has been in lower income nations such as Bangladesh, Cambodia and Ukraine. Here the income from work fell 15.1%. ILO said wealthier nations have rolled out support packages but emerging economies do not have the same capacity to do this. Workers in low income economies have taken the hardest hit especially those in the informal sector. For developing countries to reach the same ratio of support as high income ones A further 982 billion will have to be spent if developing nations have to reach the same ratio of support as high income ones. After an 8-month blockade triggered by a civil war, an oil tanker will load 1 million barrels of crude at Libya's port this week. The first tanker entered the port on Wednesday. Production in Libya, which is home to Africa's largest oil reserves, plummeted to less than 100,000 barrels a day in January. Before the blockade, it produced about 1.2 million barrels a day. That's about 1% of global production. Khalifa Haftar, a commander supported by the UAE and Egypt who controls eastern Libya, blockaded energy infrastructure. He has now come to a truce with the Prime Minister Fayez al-Sarraj, whose government is recognized by the UN. The two sides have now come to an agreement on sharing export revenue from oil. Goldman Sachs forecasts that Libya's oil output will rise to 550,000 barrels daily by the end of the year. The resumption of Libya's oil industry could put more pressure on oil prices, which are already at a historic low due to the pandemic. 12 years ago in August 2008, snaking lines formed outside Apple retailers for the launch of the iPhone 3G. Android phones debuted later that year. It's hard to imagine queuing for a phone now as online retailers offer huge discounts on smartphones. It may have been the first on stage, but after more than a decade, the iPhone's share in India's smartphone market is still just 2%. Newer players like Xiaomi, which entered India in 2014, hold as much as 30%. This is according to data from IDC. In contrast, Apple has 46% of the US smartphone market and 8.5% in China. So it's got a long way to go in India. One reason is the iPhone's high price and cost-conscious India and its distribution through third-party retailers. 
On Wednesday, Apple started selling directly to consumers for the first time on its official online store. This is a year after India relaxed its rule allowing single brand retailers to set up online and physical stores even if they do not source 30% of goods from India. Apple's decision to start with an online store is in line with the growth it's seen on online channels in the past year. The COVID crisis is also keeping consumers at home and they prefer to shop online. From July, the company has started manufacturing and not just assembling iPhones in India in a bid to diversify its supply chain and grow its market in India. A brick and mortar store is expected in 2021. Days after Japan's new prime minister appointed just two women to a 21-member cabinet, Kenya is facing a historic decision of possibly dissolving parliament for failing to enact rules for fair gender representation. Kenya's top judge, Chief Justice David Muraga, has advised the president, Uhuru Kenyatta, to dissolve the legislature after receiving six petitions on the matter. Lawmakers were supposed to have implemented the legislation by 2015, five years after Kenya adopted a new constitution. The new constitution says no more than two-thirds of members of an elected public body can be of the same gender. But Kenya's parliament does not have the required one-third of women. The lower house or the National Assembly has 349 members of which just 76 or 22% are women. In the upper house, the 67 member Senate, only 31% are female. Court rulings since 2012 have directed the parliament to pass legislation to enforce the gender rule or risk being dissolved. You are listening to Mint Light Morning Shot with Shalini Umachandran. You can reach out to me on Twitter at @shaliniMB. or on Facebook and Instagram at HD Smartcast. To listen to more such podcasts, do log on to hdsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.